Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. We will keep this monologue brief, and I will stick to those words because we're going to dive into uh, a good friend, Laura Simmons, my friend from Humane, Ohio, and lots of pet talk first. Um, it's a little bit of a only in Toledo, only in Ohio story, which you know I, I don't believe in those, but this is definitely um, a weird yet also very unfortunate and sad story. Her name is Sandra Bochamp. She is um, someone who lives in Perrysburg. She was getting ready to, I think she already moved out of state and she wanted to sell her house. So she had a hard time tracking some people to help her out with this. They or People said that they needed to fix the house up uh, before she sold. She got some contractors and they sold her stuff. What? Yes, they they apparently uh, were not doing contracting work. They were selling her things to an amount of $15,000. It reminds me of a friend's father-in-law. Remember the Santa back over the holidays who had his stuff stolen? And it was obviously um, incredibly value, but immense sentimental value as well. So I hope Sandra gets her sentimentally valued stuff back. That's a super crappy situation. Um, I'd expect a lot of things from contractors, bad ones, maybe mess up the pipes, take down too much drywall, something with the house, not not selling my stuff. Uh, it's been a while since she and I have had a visit. I'm a bit disappointed she did not come with a four-legged friend in tow, but it's always a good visit with my good friend, and we'll call her... Uh, Diddy and Andre's aunt, but she did discover Andre for me. Here's my friend Laura Simmons from Humane, Ohio. We'll start with that. When when can next time be? It's been a long time since you've been tell here. Me. Yes, you tell me. Give me a date. You can come whenever. I can't guarantee that we'll record stuff. You can definitely bring dogs here. I can bring dogs here. I will bring a dog here sometime. If it were more convenient, I would truly ask mm-hmm. that of you. Although, although instead of Steve from Toledo Animal Rescue bringing you animals, you can come pick them up and stop and see me. <gasps> That's perfect. That's not a bad idea. I know because they're right there. Yeah. Does he ever come on? Yes. So, okay, you've had him on. Okay, yeah, Steve okay. visited probably last last summer. Okay. Um, gotcha. I do owe you so much. Like, <laughs> I know, right? This is it worked out well. This is like one of the best dog dying stories we could ever have. You remember that dog of mine? Mm-hmm. And then we started talking. I know. And then you kept hassling me. I got a dog for you. I got a dog for you. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'll never forget it. I was at the chiropractor. You're like, this is the one. <laughs> I show up. I sit down next to you, and this bandit comes running bandit. over. I'm like, yes. oh geez, I'm gonna have a gonna have an eight pound dog. So cute. He still is most of the time. So cute. Because we had just been on like the TV. I think we were just on Channel 24 or something, like their Better Living show, maybe back in the day. And he was all running around there and cute. And I was like, this is the one. Yes. He, uh, we're talking about Andre, my my little dog here. And we'll talk Humane Ohio stuff shortly. Um, He does this, like, and I'm so fortunate that he is not dead. He has, he, (laughs) He should be in some type of like human. He could go against the uh, the hot dog guy on July Fourth. Okay. Yep. He has a stomach <laughs> of steel. He's eaten stuff before. I have just wondered how he's not dead. Right. So I think one one day when I left the house last week, I the the refrigerator door was slightly ajar, oh, which basically it makes a smorgasbord for him. It's oh, like yeah. a buffet. Yep. I come home and there's uh, half of a cucumber is eaten on the, in the living room. He's healthy. 
Well, he, he doesn't really have a choice. Um, I have a plastic bag with all my salad stuff. He ripped out part of the onion and ate half a bag of carrots. Oh, now, gosh. he doesn't like broccoli because the broccoli, which was easy to get to, is completely untouched. And I just look at him and go, how are you not dead? Uh-huh. Didn't he, hasn't he like gotten in your cupboards and stuff before, too? Or didn't he used to when you first adopted him? N- no, this was when I, a couple years into my my new place. Probably, uh, no, it was like 20, 21. Okay. 21. He, start, he learned he could scale the break front from the living room into the kitchen. Oh my gosh. And then the one night I came home. Yeah. I came home from I went up to go to go to a comic book convention in Monroe and I yeah. come home or whenever it was. I come home and there's a a whiskey glass in the sink that had been shattered. Oh my gosh. It was in there cuz I just left the dish in the yeah. sink. And first of all, I was disappointed that whiskey glass is broken. I'm like, yeah. I'm also like, how are you not dead? Like, how did you not get glass like wedged in your paw or something? I don't, he is resilient. He has He's resilient. A litter full of nine lives. I know. What year did you adopt him? Was it like 2016? It was 16. Okay. Yep. Wow. Wow, that's about a lot of years Ta- then. Time flies. Time flies really fast. And that's I crazy. had Diddy now. It got him in 12. So it'll be 11 years this year. Oh my God. They're about 14 and 10 now. They And they're such the little like yin yang pair, aren't they? Or, mm. In a lot of ways. <laughs> okay. Because Diddy is the social butterfly. Andre yeah. wants no part of that. And Diddy is the one that is extremely independent, wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Andre wants all the attention from dad. This, he is the reason I cannot get a third dog because he will not. I'm trying to put Diddy's cone on last uh-huh. week and he's like nudging under him like, it won't even fit you and you wouldn't like, want this on you anyway. Like you don't want to wear this. No, he wants all the attention for himself. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to share. So you found share. that dog died. Isley, you found the yes. Andre, and you connected yes. me with Steve at Toledo Animal Rescue. I know. If I ever got a cat, it would be from his place. Right? I know. That, we have a lot of great cats, too, but they do, too. They've got some really cute ones. I sit in that cat room of his, and I'm like, these cats are interactive. Like, uh-huh. they like to play. Uh-huh. They have some animals at Humane Ohio today getting spayed and neutered, actually, from Toledo Animal so Rescue. Let's, so, let's talk about Humane Ohio. First yeah. of all, you've been there now, what, four years? Uh, it was November of 19, so a couple years so now. Three yeah, and a half years. Three and a half years. Um, and a lot has happened. Have you officially yeah. been named director? I have been. Congrats. So Thank you. Yeah, now the executive director. So as of um, the end of last year. Um, so yeah, new position. A lot of big, big shoes to fill, but we're getting there. We're learning a lot. Yeah, Humane Ohio, we moved to a new clinic um, in 2020. So new clinic. Um, it's a lot bigger than our old place. It's really nice. We have a beautiful mural painted on the back that was part of a fundraiser. It's been great. And one thing that we have really seen is that there is no shortage of animals to be spayed and neutered. Yeah. You would think with like the thousands of animals that we're doing every single, every year that we'd make some sort of a, a dent in the population. But no, it is just never ending. Well, Steve and others, whether it was at yeah. uh, Humane or or with Cassie at LC4. Yeah. I get it. It was another. This was another tentacle of the pandemic where people could oh. not get their animals yep. spayed or neutered or for one reason or another. And then Absolutely. we just had this exponential growth of not only COVID, yep. but 
strays. All the strays and people getting animals over the pandemic, and it really just kind of backlogged everything. You know, we were closed down for a chunk of time. That pushed us totally back. And I feel like the past few years have really just been playing catch up from that. And on top of that, we're kind of in a nationwide veterinary shortage right now. So it's hard to find veterinarians. A few of ours did move away over the pandemic to be closer to family. And we've been trying to play play catch up ever since then. I've come across stories and also maybe personal experience. Um, I know at... um, that community pet care where you sent yeah. me so many years ago, Absolutely. they're not even open on like Friday. So they've limited hours and, and they're yep. very, uh, very rigid with who yep. and when comes in for what. And I completely understand that. Absolutely. What in your opinion or yeah. experience is why do we have a vet shortage? Yeah, I think because veterinary medicine, it's a really hard field. I know it seems with kind of just the animal field in general. A lot of people go into it thinking, you know, I'm going to save every animal and make a difference. And there's something called compassion fatigue that we see a lot um, in in the field of veterinary medicine, sheltering everything. So you get you get burned out, and it's it's really hard because you put your heart and soul into every animal that that comes in either as a patient or as a stray, anything like that. And you know, sometimes the outcomes aren't always what we what we want them to be. So it can be very, very, very challenging. Also, vets, you know, they're anticipated to be on call a lot of hours of the day. Um, They don't get paid like a human doctor, and they have huge student loans. Um, So it can be very, very challenging to try to get people into this field. And it used to be really hard to get into vet school. Um, They would they would deny a lot of applicants getting into vet school. Now it's kind of kind of shifted, and they're trying to get people to apply for vet school because there is this shortage. On top of that, we've had a lot of older veterinarians that have retired within the past few years and just not people going going you know kind of following their footsteps so it, it, there's a lot of a lot of factors that have kind of played into that but I know we've really felt it here in this area a lot of the vet clinics around here are hiring um you know humane Ohio being a nonprofit we're not as competitive to come work for as maybe a, a privately funded veterinary clinic it would make sense and I don't know if this has ever been a strategy but like I've said for for three years now the no should be taken out of a lot of vocabularies but Go target people who actually, like, you You wouldn't, like, kick an animal, but you're just ambivalent about animals. Yeah. Because then you can maybe avoid the compassion fatigue. Yes. I look at, uh, like, some of my, my hobbies and, and my nerdy uh-huh. things that I buy. Like, I'll never sell them. But right? when I think about, like, making a business out of something, yeah. I should actually go hunt for things I don't want. Mm-hmm. So then it's easier to sell them. Same mm-hmm. thing with a vet. Like, let's find somebody who's kind of like, eh. <laughs> With pets. Yeah. And maybe they can last longer. They might. And it's and it's hard because a lot of people are so compassionate going into this field. And that burnout is real. Like you experienced it, right? Oh my oh my gosh. Completely. Talk about compassion fatigue and just feeling like you are never able to kind of climb out of that hole of like that constant like struggle. Everybody needs help. All these animals need help. You never feel like you're making a difference. Yeah. And so there's kind of like it's like there's the starfish story, like, you know, there's somebody on the beach and they're trying to throw starfish back in the in the ocean after a tide and somebody comes by and they're like why are you trying to do that 
you're never going to save them all. And it's like, yes, but for this one that makes it into the ocean, it makes a difference. So that's kind of something that really resonates in the the veterinary field and in the sheltering field. Because for every animal that we can see, whether it be for spay and neuter or, you know, an animal in our adoption program or any of the local shelters, it makes a difference for those animals. Let me throw this at you. Something that I have come across recently listening to a a podcast when it comes to psychology and emotions. And this is this is very like rudimentary, but it makes a lot of sense. How come we let the the bad stuff, the negative stuff, weigh so much more heavy than the good things? To make it like real math, like you would have to save or get four dogs adopted for one dog coming in that you just can't save. Uh-huh. The math is so weird. It is. And it's the same like we feel that kind of on, on the scheduling end for for all these animals to get fixed. I mean we receive like 300 phone calls a day of people that need to get their pets in. We have people constantly that are you know are upset because we can't get them in sooner. It's like yes but we did 100 surgeries today. Yeah. So it's like yeah trying to celebrate those small successes. Um, But yeah I don't know. I feel like there's got to be some tipping point like okay this good has outweighed the negative of it but it, it it really is there's a lot of you know the mental health in this field um is something that really can't be taken lightly um for anybody that works in the animal field which is why we should get people that don't really care about animals to do all this <laughs> to do it i know <laughs> right um so Shaman, Ohio, I, I would say have people reach out to you, to, but they'd be waiting for months to get spayed and neutered. So what might you be able to help them with? Yeah. So, I mean, we're trying. So what we've done, instead of opening up our, our scheduling books for many months at a time, like we did last year, we've kind of closed it and we're, we're doing um, about six weeks in advance scheduling. So if you give us a call, leave a message, we will give you a call back. Um, we have two very dedicated phone staff members trying to call everybody back as quickly as possible, or you can schedule on our website. Website. We're going to get those animals in, get them fixed. Our veterinarians are absolute rock stars. Like I said, we've got close to 100 animals there today with two vets. And so our medical team, they are prepping those animals, getting them in for surgery. And your animal's going to be under anesthesia for a shorter period of time because they are truly specialists at what they do. So where, you know, an, a normal vet might take, you know, half an hour or longer for or like a, for a dog spay, our vets, it might be like eight minutes that they're under. So, um, we try to get them in, out, and back home and happy in their lives. Has there been any outside-the-box, really innovative mm-hmm. ideas to work on this problem other than maybe just shorter times under anesthesia? Is it, yeah. I, I've thrown out some really zany ideas in the last three years, so I, I'm not hesitant to do it. Is yeah. there a way that like you could teach someone to do it at home? And I don't want anybody carving yeah. up their animals, but just like some... Like we'll no. come, like Humane Ohio will come yeah. to you. Oh, that's a great idea. So we would like to invent some sort of like a contraceptive that we could here put it in your animal's water, do something at home, teach them to wear condoms. No, I'm just, but like something, something that could be done that is, you know, ster- surgical sterilization is really where it's at right now. Um, there was actually a challenge a few years ago that you could win a million dollars if you came up with a non-surgical sterilization technique nobody has won that to date so um it's something that i think maybe maybe with all the technology that we have now maybe that will happen at some point but that would be phenomenal because you know especially like dogs you know pet cats maybe at home that you can keep separated like 
you know how babies are made. Like, try not to have them around one another, especially if they're in heat. Those outdoor cats, though, my God, we have a joke. Like, if you look at them, they're pregnant. Like, it's (laughs) they are constantly in heat having kittens, so it's really hard for those outdoor ones. But if you have an animal inside, try to be, you know, a responsible pet owner. Don't let them run loose. Um, Play with the neighbor's dogs if they are not spayed or neutered, so no accidental litters happen. It's no different than, like, would you let your your horny 16-year-old boy... Exactly. Go out and stay out late with his girlfriend, and then she comes home, and all of a sudden you're a grandparent. Like uh-huh. it's the same thing. You know, your dog doesn't even go out to the movies; it stays in the house yep. watching. Yep. And people might say, "Oh, they would never do that," or right. they they know the neighbor <laughs> dog. That would never happen. No, it doesn't doesn't take a whole lot. Like, and and even animals that are like litter mates that have grown up together, they still will try to mate with each other sometimes. And you know, we that's not socially acceptable, maybe in our world. But the animals, they are animals. They've got hormones. Base carnal needs. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Is the out-of-control pet population, it sounds like it's more of a thing with cats than dogs. Definitely, yeah. Just because cats reproduce at a, a more exponential rate than dogs, there are still so many homeless dogs in our area. As we know, LC4, always full. Rescue groups, always full. Um, so maybe one one day we might turn the corner and kind of start seeing those numbers come down a little bit. And really that first step starts with spaying and neutering and then, then trying to get them adopted once they're in shelters. Uh, if someone gets a puppy from wherever they might get it, what's mm-hmm. the timeline for them waiting and then making the appointment? Because you can't get a puppy yeah. year to what, like six months? Um, So we actually, our rule of thumb is they have to be two pounds. So two we, pounds? Two pounds for cats or dogs. Okay. Yes. Two pounds. Um, So we we routinely do pediatric spay and neuter. Um, our vets have gone through training and it's sometimes getting them done when they're younger, it's less invasive for them. Um, they bounce back a lot faster than an older dog. So definitely if you maybe recently just got a puppy or a kitten or something like that, you can give us a call. You can visit our website, set up an appointment. Just know there might be a little wait to get in. Um, but we are one of the only low-cost spay and neuter clinics in this area. So, what does it cost? Um, so for cats, it's $80. For dogs, it's $150. Everybody goes home with a cone of shame, extra pain medication. And then for the outdoor cats, we charge $30. And they, they receive their surgery a rabies vaccine, and then something called an ear tip, which is a visual indicator that they have been spay or neutered. There is an outdoor cat in my neighborhood that has been there since I moved there in November oh, of 2018. Okay. I don't think it needs to be spayed or neutered. Yeah. I, it probably needs to be have its DNA checked so we Gosh. can figure out how this thing has survived oh God. the last five years. Wow. I just see it traipsing through the neighborhood, and I I, I look in awe. Like, yeah, how are like, you alive? They are really scrappy. Like, when there's a will, there's a way. I mean, they have nine lives for a reason, so kind of like Andre. What else over the last... Uh, yeah. the, the the time of COVID, have you learned about uh, being a pet owner, helping pet owners? What's different now than it was in yeah. 2019? Yeah, I think the need is even greater right now to be a resource for pet owners because I think everybody kind of, you know, they felt the pandemic financially as well. So being able to be a low-cost option in our area, I think is very important. And being that we are a nonprofit spay and neuter clinic, like we rely heavily on donations. We saw a hit with people, um, you know, donating to us just because 
pandemic. Like right. it happens. So um, we've really seen that and just that there is such a need still here. I don't think we are ever going to, you know, spay all the animals in our community, just like the shelters are never going to adopt out all the strays in our community. We are always going to be here. There's always going to be a need. So that's kind of what I've really seen that it, the time is now to really help our community. Animals. Give me a non-humane Ohio answer and a Laura, a pet owner answer. <laughs> like what have you learned as a pet yeah. parent and a pet owner over the last three or four years? I think yeah. one, one thing is people have truly, I mean, obviously everybody is more acutely aware of their mental health and maybe uh-huh. they're, they're now even more aware yeah. of how important that pet is that my dad is one of the COVID so, pet people. Really? And now, now he can't go anywhere with it. I can't leave. I have to go home. The dog's the dog oh. is sitting on the windowsill watching squirrels oh. go out. I, I learned that I want to work from home. I yeah. want to be home more with my animals. Where I think, you know, having that that quarantine time and just it's really been trying to make an effort to like work from home a couple days a week or something because man if it were up to me I would be home all day every day just with my animals I think I think everybody needs an animal in their life I would agree uh, they really do they help us in so many ways and they're the biggest teachers of living in the moment and right they're like a walking meditation of like living here and now and being in the present does I don't think I've ever asked you this before but yeah. does Humane Ohio do other animals besides dogs and cats only dogs and cats cats um that is right now i know some spaniel clinics do like rabbits but we only do the dogs and cats our adoption program is only cats at the moment one day want to do dogs um that would be a, a goal down the road so maybe, maybe one day what has but. anybody ever come in before with a uh with what clearly looked like a bunny rabbit and they were like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's no. A, it's a cat. Uh, no, but we've had people like show up with cats in like a bird cage, like to transport them. So we've had some weird, funky things. I mean, we see a, a lot of weird things there. Um, we had a little stray dog came in yesterday that we're we're trying to help a little bit and see if we can find her a place to go and trying to find her owners. So we we're all animal lovers there. More okay, so more questions. What should yes. people do? This is not your territory, but it, it was. <laughs> Absolutely. What should people do when and if they come across stray dogs? Absolutely. So number one, you should you should report them to LC4, Lucas County Canine Care and Control. There might be somebody looking for that stray dog. You should take a picture, post it on the Lost and Found Facebook pages and social media. Um, you should always get that pet scanned for a microchip. A lot of local clinics will do that. LC4 will do that. We would even scan for a microchip if you showed up with a stray animal. Um, and then if you are not able to do a stray hold, which LC4 could give you details on how to do that, then that dog should really go there. So their owner would have the best chance of of being reunited with their pet. Um, Over the last three years, obviously costs have gone up a a lot of places. I've had people, and maybe even myself, I haven't had to uh, get to this answer yet, but would you suggest to more people to consider pet insurance, which always seemed kind of like a fraud before or a scam? I think it's not a bad idea, especially if you are maybe adopting a younger animal. Um, Might as well put put that money towards that now. I think it's going to help you in the long run. I tend to adopt the really old, decrepit, already have issue animals. No one would give you pet insurance. (laughs) No, they'd be like, no, this is not going to happen. So, 
um, probably for somebody like me, it might not be the best the best option. But if you're if you're adopting a young, healthy animal, I would say absolutely go for it. A lot of local clinics as well can offer you like packages. So if you sign up for their their you know like puppy plan and things like that, they can help get you in. And even if you have a regular veterinarian, we're still able to help with the spay neuter surgeries. So a lot of people think that you know that that's not the case, but we can offer that still as a low cost option because we've seen a lot of veterinarians their costs have gone off yeah. for surgeries as well. So we want to make sure that people are getting their pets. Paid. There are a lot of not eccentric but new pet services that have come because you know people get innovative. Oh, yeah. um, I saw one flyer at Community where they'll take your dead dog or something. Oh. They'll give your dog like a proper something like it was an end, it was an end of life service and I'm like okay. take that down. I do not need this in my life right now. There is a veterinary hospice that comes to your house. That's probably what it was. Yes, that they can come and do that, but like, you know, then they can be at home and comfortable and not at a vet clinic, but there's everything. There's pet massage, there's pet chiropractic, um, acupuncture. I mean, there is everything out there for your pets. I mean, they're really, I feel like for the younger generation, they are like our children, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're willing to do anything and everything for them. So I know, I, the best. I, I see a lot of parents lamenting like everybody's stressed but they, they they have a lot of lamenting about their kids because it's very challenging to be a kid and I was like my dogs are upset I mean I wish you could give those kids peanut butter like I give my dogs and everything's good uh-huh. but you made this decision <laughs> exactly like you can't just give a kid like a Kong full of peanut butter to work on no right. probably not so thing. sorry about that <laughs> I know, um, do I have other more do I have anything other any other pet questions to ask you know, are you still going great. on the news yes so he in Ohio, we are on Channel 13 every Sunday. We go to WTOL once a month. We're there this Friday. And then we're on Channel 24 um, the f- second Tuesday of every month as well. So we do that with our adoptables, talk about what we're doing at Humane Ohio, try to get the word out. We just want to be a resource for the community. So if people you know, have pet questions, even if it's not spayed or neutered, we're going to be able to help point you in the right direction. So you, you will adopt out pets too? Um, we adopt out the cats and kittens. Got it. Okay. Yep. Cats and kittens. Maybe one day dogs. Do you uh, do you know of an update on yeah. Cassie and Elsie's new building? Is that going in a good direction? I don't know. Okay. I have not heard an update on that, but I want to. I know they got the spot no. of the old Ohio Means Jobs building, but I haven't heard much since that. I hope so. Elsie Four is still always so near and dear to my heart, and yes, I hope one day that. They do you will remember? Get that. Uh, remember Jared the Beagle? I remember Jared the Beagle. He was. He was a good boy. He was very beagly. <laughs> he was very beagly. Very beagly. <laughs> very beagly. We do have a rule at Humane Ohio. If we have a day where there's like three or more beagles there for surgery, we get bagels for everybody. So it's a bagel beagle day, and that's it's really fun. That's is that the, is that to keep them from howling and barking? <laughs> it's for the staff actually. Right. Got it. <laughs> but it's fun because it's you know bagels and beagles. Um, thanks so hands. much for the visit, uh, Laura Simmons, Humane Ohio. Got it. Um, websites, socials, phone numbers. Yes. What else? So. HumaneOhio.org. You can check out all of our information on there. We are located at 3948 West Alexis Road. We are on all the social media. We're not on Twitter. I apologize. Um, Or TikTok yet. We'll get there. Um, And then if you want to give us a call, it is 419-266-5607. Again, 419-266-5607. We will help you answer your pet questions, get your pet spayed and neutered, find a cat or kitten for you, or point you in the right direction of another adoptable animal to adopt.
And as long as they don't look like uh, Leatherface from Chainsaw Massacre and you're just kind of ambivalent about pets, maybe you can get hired there. Hey, you never know. Maybe. You're like, you're like cutting parts out. Is, uh-huh. is there just like a pile of uh, genitals? I mean, you know, we do see a lot of them every day. I always thought that'd be a good fundraiser. Like, guess how many? <laughs> you know? Uh, there'd, there'd be a lot of internet grief, but you'd also get a lot of traction. Uh-huh. Again, this is the era to not say no. <laughs> exactly. Might as well try it, right? Throw it against the wall, see it sticks, and maybe it'll make us some money. So. They're the kind of balls that won't bounce. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Okay. We're all done. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.